Good morning to our Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church and those of you listening to us uh, today, to our Good Hope family, Sister Pickett sends our love and we miss you all very much. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for another Resurrection Day. Thank you for this word today. May you be glorified. Your people be blessed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. And the God shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Our topic for today is what the resurrection reveals. Today is Resurrection Sunday. It ranks with Christmas as the most, one of the most celebrated days on the Christian calendar. On Resurrection Sunday, Christians worldwide, regardless of race and economic, political standing, will focus on Jesus Christ rising from the grave and leaving behind an empty tomb. But what does it all mean? And why do we look beyond the chocolate-covered bunny rabbits, the colorful Easter eggs, and uh, adoring Easter lilies? For the answer to these questions, let us journey back in time about 2,000 years and look through the windows of Matthew's gospel as he recounts the first resurrection day. He described what happened in chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. The story is as follows. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week, which was Sunday, began to dawn, two women named Mary went to visit the tomb where Jesus had been buried on Friday. While at the graveside, a tremendous earthquake occurred as an angel descended from heaven. Upon the angel's descent, he rolled the huge stone away from the entrance of the tomb. The stone had been placed there by uh, the Roman soldiers uh, requested by the religious leaders who feared uh, for some reason that the disciples would come and steal the body of Jesus. Matthew tells us the angel's appearance was bright like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The, the gods who were there as an animated measure of protection, went into convulsion and, and passed out as if they were dead. Yet in verses 5 and 6, the angel comforted the women, saying, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus. He is not here. He has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. The angel instructed the women further, then in verse 7, to go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Now the women were full of 
of amazement and joy. And, and they ran, and verse 8 says, to, to bring his disciples word. Now watch carefully. While they were en route to proclaim the good news that, that Jesus was, was risen and that, that, that he was alive, Jesus met them and said to them, Rejoice. And upon seeing Jesus, their Savior, the one who they loved and adored, they held him by his feet, and the Bible says they worship him. There it is, y'all. The first Easter sunrise service. Now, I want you to notice something here about this, this first Easter sunrise service. There was no building. There were no pews. There was no public address system. No crowd. And only three in attendance. There was Mary Magdalene. The other Mary. And most of all, there was... Jesus. Footnote. Don't be discouraged, doubtful, or disillusioned because you are unable to attend Good Hope or any other designated house of worship during these days. Because whether you are at home all by yourself, whether it's just the two of you, maybe a husband and wife, or, or, or whether it's just you and your immediate family, you can still worship. Why? Because worship is not about the place. Worship is about the person. It's not about the sanctuary. Worship is about the Savior. It's not about the size of the membership. Worship is about the master. So as long as you got King Jesus up in there, you don't need anybody else. Now some Bible student may be thinking, well, Pastor, what about Hebrews 10, 25? Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some. That's right in its proper context. However, when it's not functionally appropriate or feasible, to get together for corporate worship or to worship in a group. This text tells us not to sweat it. As long as you got King Jesus, go ahead and worship him. Now, we don't know how long that first worship service lasted. It could have lasted only a few minutes or even a few hours. We don't know. The text doesn't tell us. But what we do know is that when it was over, Jesus said to them in verse 10, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now these 10 verses of the text that I read to you earlier from Matthew's account of the resurrection of Jesus um, outlines uh, numerous things, but there are just three things I want to share with you from this text that the resurrection reveals. First, the resurrection reveals that we have a Savior who is worthy of our trust. We have, a, we have a Savior who is worthy of our trust. It's in the text. Look at verse 6. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, 
for he has risen as he said. One of the things that relieves worry, anxiety, and fear is knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have a Savior we can trust. We have a, a Christ in whom we can count on to say what he means, mean what he says, and back it up by his actions. He said in John 2, 19, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. He said in John 12, 32, and if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people unto myself. So here, unto myself. So here we are, 2,000 years later, celebrating this great day, this great resurrection morning, another resurrection Sunday. Here we are celebrating on this Easter Sunday morning because we have a Savior who is worthy of our trust. Second, the resurrection reveals we have a Savior who is worthy of our worship. The word worthy means deserving. It means suitable or trustworthy. What Jesus had proven to all beyond a shadow of a doubt that every word he spoke was truth, true, every thought he had was right, and every deed he did was good. It's in the text, verse 9 states, and as they went to tell his disciples, they held him by the feet and worshiped him. Listen, the women, these faithful, courageous women validated the value of Jesus by worshiping him. They authenticated the victory of Jesus by worshiping him. And they did it all because he lived a sinless life, died a sacrificial death, and rose from the grave with all power given unto him. So it is this resurrection morning, we have a reason, we have a right, and we have a responsibility to worship Jesus. But when we think about who he is and what he's done, our inclination ought to be to worship him. When we consider where we would be if he had not died to save us from our sins, our motivation should be to worship him. When we push the pause button on our busy schedules and when we mute the mic on our secular distractions and when we see Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords and, and when we see Jesus as God's own son, Messiah, Savior of the world, there is a deep sense of obligation to worship him. I must add here that genuine worship does not cease because the doors of the building close. Why? Because the church is the body, not the building. So wherever you are right now, I hope and pray that you are worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth because he is worthy of all our worship. When we think about when we meditate upon, we understand that God has brought us and God is still keeping us. He's worthy. Third, today, 
The resurrection reveals we have a savior worthy of our witness. That is, we have a savior in Jesus Christ who is worth telling other people about. Notice again in verse 7, the angel told the women to go quickly, to go quickly and to tell the disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead and that he had gone ahead and that he would meet them in Galilee. Notice in verse 10, Jesus told the women to tell his brethren to go to Galilee, that there they would see him. Now, in order to understand the worthiness of the witness, it's important to note that the disciples of Jesus were all locked away in hiding. The pandemic they faced was sin. Here's how it worked. Jesus had been crucified on the cross. The hatred of his name, the hatred of the name of Jesus, permeated the atmosphere like a silent killer. In fact, the hostile threat to anyone connected with Jesus was proven by Peter in the courtyard when he denied even knowing Jesus. The threat, I tell you, y'all, was real. In addition, two of his disciples in Luke 24 had already left Jerusalem, heading towards a village called Emmaus, fearing what would happen if they stayed around the city of Jerusalem. The threat was real. And so it was. Followers of Jesus were devastated. They were disillusioned. They were doubtful and depressed. Why? Because on Friday, all hell broke loose. And all hope was gone. On Friday, the Roman soldiers ripped his clothes, struck him in the face, and spat on him. On Friday, haters twisted a crown of thorns on his head. On Friday, he was hung on the cross, peered in his, pierced in his side, jeered, sneered, and laughed at. On Friday, his followers gazed in horror at his beaten, bludgeoned, and bloodied body. On Friday, they heard him cry from the cross, grimacing in excruciating pain. Eli, Eli, Lama Sabathani. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? On Friday, his followers heard him cry out with a loud voice and yield up his spirit. On Friday, the devil and the minions of hell would have obviously been celebrated. On Saturday, on Saturday, they would have perceived Jesus as annihilated, his message obliterated, and his mission terminated. But wait a minute, it's now early Sunday morning. God the Father is on his throne, and every angel in heaven is standing upright. The devil is horrified, his hosts are terrified, but Jesus is glorified as he rises from the grave with all power. In his hand. That y'all is the story worth telling. Like the disciples now face their own pandemic needed to hear a word of hope. They needed to hear that all was not lost. That Jesus was alive and because he lived they could face the future with joy and certainty and peace and progress and power and satisfaction all because he lived. They needed to 
didn't hear that he was alive. That's why the angel said to the women in verse, verse 7, go quickly. Don't tarry, but go quickly. Don't waste time. It's important. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. They needed to hear that he was up and that all was well. So here's the takeaway. Here's the big idea. Here's the practical application. Today amid the COVID-19 pandemic, our nation and the world is full of fear, frustration, and sense of failure. Feelings of hopelessness, feelings of despair, feelings of doom, feelings of gloom are everywhere, everywhere you go. Yet the good news is Jesus lives. That's, that's the good news. Jesus lives. And because he lives, we can face every moment, every hour, every day, every tomorrow with confidence, contentment, and calmness all because he lives. So it is. We need to be good witnesses. We need to hurry and get the word out. We need to tell people that, that he's alive. When they ask you the reason for your confidence, tell them Jesus is alive. When they ask you, why are you so calm? Tell them that Jesus is alive. Tell them the story of a Savior who loves them, a Savior who cares for them. As I close, I want to share a brief story with you. The story is about a woman named Sevilla D. Martin. She was the wife of a Baptist preacher named Stillman Martin, who was also an evangelist. One morning, before heading out for a preaching engagement, Mrs. Martin became seriously ill. And as the preacher was considering canceling his assignment because he, he loved his wife and he wanted to be there with his wife, he wanted to take care of his wife and not knowing whether or not she would take a turn for the worse or whether or not she would get better, he uh, was willing to put his assignment on hold and, and to be there with his wife, but as he was considering uh, canceling his assignment, uh, their young son spoke up and said to the father, Father, don't you think God wants you to preach today? And don't you think that God will take care of mother while you are away? Well, preacher and his wife decided that he should go on and take the engagement. But while she was there, while she was there at the house, Sevilla picked up her pen and inspired by the Holy Spirit, she wrote the words of this familiar hymn, Be not dismayed, whatever be time. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care 
of you. God will take care of you through every day. Oh, all the way. God will take care of you. That's the message of Resurrection 2020. That's the message of the empty tomb. That's what the resurrection reveals. That come what may, God will take care of you. If you're listening today and you've never received Jesus Christ, maybe your life is full of turmoil and frustration and doubt and hopelessness. You can fix that today by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. He'll give you contentment like nothing or no one else can. If you're here today and you want to receive Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. You can pray these words or pray other words, but they that mean the same. Father, I realize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins today and I invite Jesus to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, for cleansing me, and for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, welcome to the family of God. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord always be gracious unto you. May he grant you his peace in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.